So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Is my bird dog inside? Yes. All right, well then let's make fucking magic. All right, let's go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is season two, episode three of the world-famous, Emmy-nominated, Grammy-winning So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. You sure are. I don't think it's Emmy-nominated, honey. We're not on TV. Well, not yet. And if your singing voice gets a Grammy, the whole entertainment industry needs to reevaluate although they put sweetie as a headliner so you actually may be in the running exactly and if nothing else like if my voice isn't as good as sweetie's my vagina is definitely as nice as sweetie's. i was just gonna say you could totally rock that corset as i should let's take care of a couple of housekeeping items first shall we yes please want to make sure we thank the sponsors marlene graphics marlenegraphics.com for all of your printing needs and realtor and a baby realtor and for all of your real estate needs. We want to thank the Queen for being here. We want to thank Pico for keeping the lights on. That's Pennsylvania Electrical Company for all of you folks that live outside of the great state of Pennsylvania. We'd also like to thank Vermont for their cheese. (laughs) And maple syrup. And maple syrup. California for their hippies. Nevada for the hookers. Massachusetts for the clams. And Whitey Bulger. And I think that's it. Sounds good. You know I have nothing to add to that. And Florida for the trailer parks. Thank you, Florida. (laughs) Florida, you certainly do things differently than the rest of the world. And that's okay because it's 2022 and we embrace your individuality. That's right. Do you, Florida. (laughs) Do you. Want to make sure we take some time out to thank the listeners. The amount of feedback that we've been getting and the downloads continuing to rise. And this is going to sound like a complete asshole thing to say, but like being recognized out in public i mean obviously like that's you know quote unquote cool but the fact that random strangers are approaching us and coming up to us and engaging us in conversation is like super cool you know it's kind of awesome yeah so we want to make sure we take some time to thank the listeners we have a very important psa for this evening it's winter time it's the northeast it's cold as fuck do yourselves and the rest of the world a favor while you're doing 12 miles an hour in the left lane wipe the fucking snow off your cars. You assholes. It's the worst. It is, but I have to admit that I am, I do that. I can't reach the top, not even with the big brush with the stick on it. No, that's that's an excuse. I can't reach the top. You can reach the top? There's no way. I have a 17-foot telescoping brush because I'm an alcoholic and 12 feet wasn't enough. And my arms are eight inches long. Which is why you never pick up the check. <laughs> That is neither here nor there. So we have a very important event coming up shortly. It's the Team Foster Rough Ride. It's June 4th and 5th in Philadelphia. It is at Lincoln Financial Field, which for those of you who don't know, that's like where the professional football team of Philadelphia plays. Now, because of copyright infringement things, we're not allowed to say which team it is. But you people are, well, I mean, you're like relatively smart. You can figure (laughs) it out. I don't want to give you all too much credit. (laughs) But anyways, it's a 24-hour event. The idea is to keep the bike spinning for 24 hours. All of the proceeds go to benefit veterans, basically, who need service dogs. So Team Foster partners up with 
various uh, providers of service dogs in the area. They're all vetted. It's an outstanding organization. And all of the money that goes or that is collected from these events, the donations that are raised, et cetera, et cetera, goes directly to helping those veterans. Yes. And don't let 24 hours intimidate you. Chris and I are going to be there for the whole 24 hours, but you only need to give a little bit of your time if that's what you want to do. Sign up to be on our team, then shoot us an email saying I can do from one to two on Saturday or whatever your availability is. And we'd be glad to have you. You can literally do five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour. Yeah, Three sign hours. up with your own group to be on our team, and you guys can all split an hour. Yeah, absolutely. If you work with, what's the word, cycling enthusiasts, Yes. and you want to bring down a couple of those people, we are more than happy to have you on the team. Just go to teamfoster.org, go to the Rough Ride event under the events page, and you search for the So I Married an Alcoholic team, and that's how you sign up. It's super easy. We are old and out of shape. We need your help. That's right. Now, if it was like a cigarette smoking marathon or a talking shit marathon. Chris could do it independently. I would be like one of those runners from Zimbabwe. And we're also going to be recording right there on location. We are. We're going to record an episode from there. We're going to obviously include Nick Lehrman, who's the uh, founder and CEO or director or whatever fancy title he has. I don't know. Super cool guy. But uh, we'll be doing an interview with him. We'll interview some of the vets, the direct beneficiaries of the program. Uh, there's going to be Susquehanna Service Dogs, which is one of their big service dog providers. I- I'll interview a dog. I mean, it's going to be a one-way conversation, but you know, I'm kind of used to that around here. Um, there's going to be, and it's child-friendly, like during the day. It's very family-friendly event. That's obviously not when we'll be recording. But during the day, there's going to be a moon bounce, all kinds of games and things like that, too. Yeah, no, it's going to be like a pretty... Like we were talking to Nick last week and he said, think like festival atmosphere, but on a spin bike. So there's going to be, you know, a lot of activities for the family. Food is going to be there. There's going to be some drinks. I'm not telling you what to bring or how to bring it, but like be smart. Yep. And we'll have our So I Marry an Alcoholic tent set up and ready to serve you food and beverages and whatever we got. I think you can handle that. I think I'll be like, in the latrine throwing up. <laughs> I don't actually even know if you'll get on the bike. Lord, actually, like, no. Fucking stroking out somewhere. That's not true. I guarantee Chris takes the first pedals and the last pedals on the bike. Yeah, of course. Like, as, accepts the metal at the end. Yeah. Daddy sets the tone and daddy brings it home. <laughs> For a total of combined four minutes. Well, still putting meat on the table, honey. That's right. Speaking of meat on the table, we're going to talk about sex tonight. So we went to this amazing Actually, it's not, I I should, I'm going to interrupt you real quick, and I'm sorry, because I used the wrong uh, euphemism, metaphor. For sex? Yeah, it's meat on your chin. Um, I've never heard that before. Well, you've certainly done it. (laughs) So anyway, Saturday night, we went to this amazing 80s cover band downtown. We went with my brother and sister-in-law. Uh, It was actually a gift to Chris for Christmas. We went to a delicious dinner beforehand, and then we went to uh, this concert. And number one, you dressed for the event. Oh, you sure did. So I went to the Ross Dress for Less earlier in the day and found some saucy 80s apparel, including a sateen puffer Care Bears jacket for Chris to wear. 
Now, it was definitely a women's jacket, and I have the figure of Eleanor Roosevelt or something like that, (laughs) very petite. (laughs) But more importantly, when we walked into the restaurant, obviously Megan and I are alcoholics, we don't drink. Uh, We went to dinner with two very seasoned alcoholics. They still drink. We sat down. They looked around. And sheer panic set into their faces. My brother's like, this is a BYOB. I was like, oh, shit. Totally blow it. So being the good brother-in-law that I am, there's a package store right around the corner. Yeah, I was like, ask the guy. There's got to be a store. And I'm in like this moment of panic. Like, oh my God, can you imagine if I showed up somewhere and someone forgot to tell me it was a BYOB back in the day? I would have lost my mind. And these are normies, so they could have hung without the wine, but they wanted the wine. I mean, again, we were in costume. That's right. We were celebrating my jacket. That's right. So anyways, Jimmy and I are perusing the streets, the mean streets of Philadelphia in my 1980s Care Bear jacket. (laughs) Pretty sure at any moment in time I could have gotten either gang raped or punched in the face or any number of things. It was a dicey neighborhood. But you live to tell the tale, honey. I always do. So anyway, we had a delicious dinner and then we head over to the show. The show was fantastic. We love 80s music. We sure do. But I'm going to interrupt you yet again because I feel it's pertinent that to count the number of compliments I got on my jacket. Okay. Nobody said shit about you. That's not true. They were like, oh, that's nice. He brought his friend out. The woman at the bar when we were getting our Diet Coke and Red Bull was like, I love your dress. She meant mine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we saw this band called the Leg Warmers, which is an 80s cover band. Uh, Obviously, judging by the name, I don't think Leg Warmers were ever popular in any other era in time. As they should be. And uh, they do kind of like the the East Coast circuit, if you will. Yeah, and if you haven't seen them, you should. It was definitely a good show. It was a ton of fun. The average audience member was 72, 73 years old. (laughs) So we brought the, the average attendance way down. But it was a ton of fun. And more importantly, it was good to just go out and have fun and not worry about the COVIDs or the taxes or the price of gas or whatever it was like we were just quite literally living in the moment doing our thing having fun enjoying ourselves belting out 80s music and dancing our hearts out and it was awesome and then there was a couple next to us they made out the entire time which is like cool right like i am no i mean it's not i like do your thing you know what i'm saying yeah yeah but like you're 50 something years old like pdas were not cool after the 13 14 years old i don't even think they were cool then were you much of a pda person ever well i mean how much uh, we are talking about sex tonight yeah yeah no go on i'm listening so back in the day yours truly smashed a girl in the bleachers section at fenway i don't know if that's like pda though or like It was a public display of that ass. It was, but like that's not like you're in love with your girlfriend and you're making out with her. No, I I don't think I ever kissed that one. Okay. It's probably smart. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) You're gross. Uh, I certainly am. So anyway, actually, this is a good segue into this topic. I know, see? I like it. I'm a lot smarter than you think I am, or at least give me credit for. (laughs) 
Uh, so anyway, we got to talking about it because it was one of those things. It was like a car accident. You don't want to look, but you have to because it's so disturbing. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to stare, but like, is your hand up her shirt now? Are you really making out in this concert hall? Everyone's here having good, clean 80s fun. You know what I mean? I think that was good, clean 80s fun. It probably was, actually. It was kind of funny. Your brother was, you know, standing next to us and then his wife next to him. And every now and then, Jimmy would, like, narrate it, but with his hands. So he'd be like, <laughs> stick one finger up, first base. <laughs> he'd stick two fingers up, second base. <laughs> so Christy, my, our sister-in-law, was like... You know, I said to your brother, were we like that when we first started dating? So anyway, that got me and Krista talking. Which, you know, typically never goes anywhere good. <laughs> so we talked about how we should talk about sex on this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So Jim and Bailey, I know you don't listen. Wink, wink. But you may want to turn it off now. No, 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 no. Don't you dare turn it off. It, <laughs> it fucks up my analytics. All so, right, then just turn the volume down. You know, if you're not listening, Jim and Vilia, proprietors of Jim and Vilia's Bed and Breakfast, just, you know, tweak the volume down a couple of notches. Daddy needs the ratings. So I think it's an interesting thing to talk about, to talk about, um, I don't know, sex throughout a relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, you know, for the faint of heart, like, we're not going to talk about, like, insertion. No, it's not going to get that dirty. We're going to keep it very on the surface. All right, so let's do, should we do a timeline? Yeah, I think that's a good way to go. All right, so talk about... Do you want to talk about the guy that was sucking on T-Gay-P's toes first? No, I don't, I don't even want to ever think about that, actually, again. Okay. Buh. All right, so we'll table that conversation. <laughs> I think in anti-KP's defense, he should be here to defend the innocent. He's always here. In spirit. There's a box of 3,000 shirts that say, I love anti-KP on the floor over there. True story. By the way, you could get your I love anti-KP shirt on Facebook, on Instagram. So I married an alcoholic. The Twitter is married to AA. Yes. And right on our website. Shameless plug. Go. So anyway, when Chris and I first met and started dating, I would say there was a lot of lust there. I think that's normal in any new relationship. I would certainly hope so. Unless, like, you meet in the nursing home. I don't know. I think there is... I mean, if you want to talk about attraction, I actually can't really stand those people. Like, you know, I, I'm not really attracted or, like, looks aren't important to me or whatever... But to me, there has to be that that physical attraction before there can be, like, anything else beyond that. And I'm not saying, like, you need to take somebody for a test ride, like, day one. But I, I do truly believe that there has to be, at the very least, a, a modicum of physical attraction before or to build that base of a relationship on. So do you think that's the difference between men and women? Um, I don't know because I'm not a woman. Good point. But I say all the time, I'm actually not a physical attraction person. Does that make sense? In your particular case, no, because I've seen round one and obviously I'm round two. Like there's a night and day difference. Yeah, because to I am a looker. <laughs> but to me, it's not about physical looks at all. Like I need to be connected to you 
intellectually, emotionally, like that, and then I find you attractive after. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I'm going to throw you under the bus real okay, quick. Okay, I'm ready. We met on an app. Yes. That you had to literally judge people based solely on their physical features. And their bio. I don't buy that. I, I say all the time, why did I swipe right? I don't know, because I had all my teeth. No, because you said I'm sober and smoke cigarettes, and I don't plan on giving any up, either up. I got to be honest with you. I have swiped right millions and millions of times. You never read the bio? Never once made it into a bio. <laughs> I was a bio reader. I'm not a reader, period. <laughs> so maybe that is the actual difference between men and women. And I don't know if that's true for everyone. I, I think... I'm, I can only speak for myself. That's how I am. I'm sure there's many women out there that feel that physical attraction has to be first. So what about women that are dating, married to, banging, whatever, incredibly ugly men, but they drive a Ferrari? Is that not sort of the same thing? I think that's gold digging is what that's called. Um, Semantics. Attraction? <laughs> yes or no? Right. I don't know. Are they attracted to their wallet then? I think people are attracted to people for all different reasons. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But yeah, no. For me, you need to be smart. You need to have a sense of humor. And you need to be like a kind-hearted person. Ooh, two out of three ain't bad. I don't care what you look like. Okay. Yeah, which is funny because Chris like highly values how he looks. As you showed, you're a very handsome man, hun. I know. But like when he talks about like... I mean, thank you. I'm sorry. Losing his hair or getting old. None of that bothers me. I don't talk about it at all. You actually talk about it. No, you do. You're like obsessed with it. No, like every day I wake up and you're like, oh my God, there's more missing. I never say that. I don't care that you're going bald. That's what I was going to say. That's because you're already at work when I wake up. (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't matter. Like I'm still going to find you as attractive when you're bald. You know, I absolutely love you to death. I've told you on several occasions to pack your shit and get the fuck out of my house. I've also told you on several occasions that you are stuck with me no matter what. You know, but if you start to go downhill, you will get traded in. But I'm eventually going to get old. Like, that's the only way out of this, right? Like, it's older death. Well, you know what they say about 25-year-old girls. (laughs) They stay the same age. Goddamn right. (laughs) You could get old all you want, honey. I told Megan, which is like, this is fucked up, but I don't know what we were talking about, death or something like that. And she was like, well, you know, men that are happily married and the wife passes away, like typically remarry very quickly. Yes. And I said, honey, I'll put you in the ground. I will buy a yacht. I will fill it with 20-year-old cocaine addict models, and I will call it the SS Megan. I thought it was really sweet he was going to name the boat after me. I thought it was sweet, too. (laughs) (laughs) We know where his life insurance money's going. (laughs) All right, so let's get back on topic. Yeah, we got to get round back. All right. So physical attraction can be judged in very different ways depending on if you have an innie or an outie. Sure. But when you start dating someone, I think it's a very lustful experience. I do not disagree. I think there's lots of making out and hand-holding. And I remember when we would drive somewhere, we'd like stop at a traffic light and Chris was like making out with me in the front seat. That's because you were homeless at your parents' beach house. Also true. We couldn't necessarily make out there. (laughs) That's a good part of the story, in fact. So we had a very, I don't know. I mean, I think we had a physical attraction. Would you say that? 
I thought we just talked about that okay, for like yeah. way too long. All right. So anyway, um, I, I thought we were very connected in that way. Oh, I like that. Connected is a great word. Yeah. I agree. In fact, should we tell a funny story? Do you remember the first time we actually did have sex? If you can make it brief, we'll tell them a funny story. All right. So the first time Chris and I had sex, we had gone on a couple dates first, right? We were taking it slow. So I think there's three of them. Is this sex above or below the waist? I feel like it's important to distinguish. The real sex. Okay. Okay. The the not Bill Clinton kind of sex. So anyway, the next morning, Chris had stayed over and the next morning he sends me this text message. Do you remember this? No. Which is again why I swear to God Meg makes up like nine out of ten things in this relationship, but... Go I can't ahead. remember why I went to the grocery store, but when it comes to things like this, I have a photographic memory. <laughs> Indulge me. So anyway, he sends me this text message. He's like, I think you're really great. I, I think we would have a lot of fun together, but I'm actually looking for something serious. Um, I'm looking to date, not just sleep around. That's because I feel like that at that young age that I was, you know, in my prime, more or less, um, you know, I was just tired of being treated like a piece of meat. I know. And I, so I texted him back. I thought we kind of were dating. <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry, I got all up in my head about that for a minute. Let's forget I said it and we'll keep keep going the way we we're going. Megan had already had us moving in. Yeah, like I thought we were dating. I didn't, you know. Anyway. Um, that so, actually wasn't that funny. So the I would say the lust went on for a good, good bit of months. Mm, yeah. I think that's fair. I am going to be honest with you. I don't think it went on as long as I thought it would. And I'll be honest with you. I think that, I don't know, like two months after we got married, I I don't know what we were doing or talking about or whatever, but I looked over and I said to Mimi, the honeymoon is over. Like, we're done. We're doing real life now. Yeah, but so here's the interesting thing. I don't think that real life has to be without that. No, I agree with you. So I think it was the fact that I was like no longer doting over you or something like that. Okay. So anyway, um, I, I mean, that lasted, a, you know, a good bit of months, I would say. What are we talking here? Four, six, eight? Uh, I don't think eight. I think by eight, we were already like engaged and getting married. And pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, there was a couple months of the like sex on the couch and in the car and the you know whatever all that crazy shenanigans you do when you're young and in love or in our case like over 35 and homeless <laughs> <laughs> with minimal options <laughs> and minimal supervision <laughs> um and then you know we did get into real life real quick we moved in together we got engaged we got pregnant we got married but i did think that honeymoon period was going to last forever i think in my mind I used to say this to you, I want real life, but I still want sex on the kitchen table. I always mm -hmm. wanted to feel as wanted by you as I did in those first three months. Yeah. Um, so, but I think that ended quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what I was gonna say is I thought it would last longer because Chris talks a big game. He loves to tell you about all his sexual con conquests. I mean, he started off talking about the girl he banged in Fenway Park. At Fenway. Whatever. But he's really not that guy. And I don't know if Ooh. he just isn't that guy anymore. Yeah. Or, and so where did that change come in for you? 
Not right after I got sober, but probably shortly after I got sober. There's a little bit of TMI right here, but my second AA sponsor, I uh, hired him as my spiritual advisor hmm. uh, because we were very similar in our uh, past sexual ex escapades. You know, the way that we treated women and used women, um, womenized women. I'm not, I know I'm going to catch a ton of shit for that, but like it is what it is. I can't take it back, you know? Yeah, that doesn't upset me. It's in the past. Mm. I'm going to womanize that ass on the couch in a little <laughs> bit. But I would say that that, the the need to no longer fill a void or fulfill every sexual desire that I had came, I would say, shortly after I hit the rooms of AA and started to do some work on myself. And I think that is a big part of getting sober. I think a lot of people with addiction, that some sex part of it played a role. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last episode how we were talking about you know the girl that's got three days sober and she's in her you know bikini in the middle of january like look at me i have three days sober and again we're very happy for you but i think after you do even a little bit of half-assed work um that need for external approval you know through likes comments whatever is no longer the driving force, you know? Yeah, and I think sex plays a big part in a lot of people's addiction. Absolutely. Um, either filling, again, that pleasure center that addicts need to have filled at all times. Yep. It's, uh, I mean, unfortunately, it's also used as a means to an end. Absolutely. That's, that's an unfortunate reality of this. A hundred percent. So... You know, I think it's I think it's interesting. I think you look at sex then differently. So anyway, we get through we get through the honeymoon phase mm -hmm. that I thought was going to last until we were ninety. Mm -hmm. I was incorrect. Yes, you are. So let's see. We met in July. We got engaged in March. We got pregnant in September. We got married in October. December is when my asshole fell out. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say it's when your asshole got replaced. <laughs> replaced. Recalled, if you will. <laughs> December, but they weren't able to surgically fix it until January. <laughs> there was even a parts shortage back then. So there was a um, there was an ER visit that December that may have changed our sex life almost to the point of no return. I don't think that was it, if you want me to be super honest. Okay, be honest. Uh, this is the unfortunate part of the show where we get right down to the nitty gritty of things. I don't know exactly what portion of your pregnancy it was. I mean, it was definitely, you know, post asshole revision. Uh, I remember you had asked me on several different occasions, like, you know, what's wrong? We're not having sex, blah, blah, blah. And I did not want to be an asshole. I did not want to be 100% honest with you because you did say, I think at maybe a couple of different points, is it my looks? Is it because I'm bigger? Or, you know, whatever, however you had described yourself to me, like, i.e. your physical condition. Because I was pregnant. Yeah, no, I get that. Trust me, I get that. But I think that's when things took a turn 
more towards the you know not so active between the sheets category at all because I did not necessarily find you attractive I still loved you immensely pregnant chick was not like my fetish <laughs> and there's a whole category in the porn store of like <laughs> pregnant chicks getting fisted in the asshole but like that was not my thing which I get I have to say it does upset me like it upset me at the time mm-hmm. um, and it upsets me still I'm gonna be super honest and this is gonna sound harsh Sure. But it actually makes me think a little bit less of you as a person. And I know that sounds really shitty. Nah. But like, I don't know. I I guess, and maybe again, because I'm not a physical attraction person. Mm -hmm. To say that you're not attracted to your wife because she's pregnant. I don't know. I think it's kind of fucked up. Be that as it may. That is, you know, that is the honest and unfortunate truth to this so anyway the baby comes mm-hmm. i lost the weight relatively quickly you did absolutely um i was you know hardcore about that because you know i've talked about this before i can be um that's a that's a that's a um an issue that i deal with so i was very strict and lost the weight relatively quickly she was born in may i was down most of, a good chunk of it by july 90% of it by October like within a year I was I mean you know I was below where I was when I got pregnant right um, but any woman that has had a baby it doesn't matter if you are a fitness guru after you give birth it doesn't go back to the same spots things <laughs> things are not the same they're not the same it doesn't matter that I weigh 10 pounds less than when I got pregnant is not in the right places. That's okay. And this is where I become a walking contradiction of the So I Married an Alcoholic podcast because there is, is something to be said. I don't know exactly how to to say this or, or verbalize it or whatever, but like, you know, sacrificing your body, which as we know, uh, many women are like, you know, super strict about in terms of diet and exercise and you know whatever it is but to sacrifice your body not only once but twice and a new asshole (laughs) to deliver these two beautiful children into the world is like such an amazing gift to humanity and this is the contradictory part um you know it wasn't my thing (laughs) i know I know. See, that's why you're like a little bit less of a person. But I appreciate your honesty. We do honesty here. So anyway, things slowly restarted. Yeah. And by slowly restarted, meaning like I was, you know, on the tee box like the day after you got home. And I think we had sex again. I don't know. A couple months after all that. Yeah. I think it was like a once a month event for the first maybe six months. That could be very accurate. And it's funny going into, you know, the whole breakdown that led to this podcast. That was actually a hot button topic. Really? Because it wasn't even on my radar. Because I was talking about it with you all the time. Huh. And because it was upsetting, it was hurtful, it was 
you talk about fears, doubts, and insecurity, and here it is, your husband, who's like literally denying you every single night. And that was hard. And I think a lot of women have gone through that. Mm -hmm. I don't know where Chris's head was at. Um, I think at one point, I finally said to him, because, you know, he's like, oh, it's not you. And then, oh, it is you. Oh, it's not you. There's no one else. You know. Ah, the old, is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? And so I really didn't think there was anyone else. And after the 85th time I could ask that, I was like, no, you're huge. Too harsh. (laughs) I mean, this was like after I gave birth. I wasn't really that huge anymore. No, that's true. But. I think what it came down to is quite honestly, because then we talked about this a little bit when we talked about like maybe some issues with depression. Chris did not adapt well to fatherhood initially. No. Chris definitely went through, you know, I joke about it to say I didn't have postpartum depression, but he did. But it's the honest to God's truth. Yeah, that's legit. And I would appreciate it if you did not mock me. And I think that probably played a role in the fact that we weren't having sex. I would say it definitely did because I was in kind of, I, I don't really know how to describe it outside of like, I was definitely in like a really fucked up place. So it was hard because I felt like I was being rejected. He wasn't really owning his part of it. Um, so I felt very, I don't know, like talk about insecurities. Like it was awful. And mm-hmm. it took me a really long time to bounce back from that. And I can't even say I necessarily have. Like, I I mean, we're back. We've made it back. I don't know how. I don't know where the turn happened. Actually, probably when our lives fell apart. All of a sudden, I think we were like, all right, well, let's just start having sex. Maybe that'll fix it. <laughs> I don't think that was the solution at all. <laughs> it wasn't, but somehow that happened as part of it. I think it was a uh, commitment on both of our ends that you know, we're going to do this like at any costs. Um, And sometimes it's really ugly. And sometimes we are on the same page. We've talked about this on numerous occasions that we are, you know, when you and I are in sync, we are quite literally unstoppable. But I think that the, the genesis of this podcast just sort of happened to coincide with that general time frame where I started getting back up on mommy and and smashing it home, (laughs) you know? So it really had nothing to do with one or the other? I don't think so. Okay. So anyway, um, things are back to normal, I guess. What's normal? Yeah, exactly. What's normal? Send us an email. So I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. How many times a week do you plow your significant other? I don't uh, know. Girlfriend, boyfriend. And I think when you're like married you're both working you got small kids like you're tired yeah um so i think like that gets in the way um i i think that let's also let's not act like i am some sort of you know greek god here and i can go hours and hours (laughs) i need like 12 seconds and two days to rest yeah um, so let's not use like we don't have a lot of time as the excuse. <laughs> I just mean I'm, I'm sometimes I'd rather read my book and go to sleep. But I think that it's an interesting I think many couples of our age with kids mm-hmm. go through the same shit. 
I do not disagree with that. I actually think we're probably above average for how often we have sex compared to a lot of people in our same situation. How often do we have sex, Megan? It's twice a week. Two, three. I'll put a new tally on the whiteboard. There you go. <laughs> you can add that next to the all the vacuuming and the dishes that I do because you have absolutely zero tick marks. But yes, when Chris and I first started dating, like many couples, our relationship was very sexual. I actually remember like, you know, we talked about waiting to get married and having kids someday. And I actually remember thinking, oh, my God, what are we going to do when we can't have sex for six weeks? He'll probably leave me because you can't have sex for six weeks after you have a baby. And he's so sexually minded. But then I don't know what happened. <laughs> I golfed. <laughs> That's it. Again, filling a void. I golf six times a week. <laughs> That's what I did. You want to have sex? Go fuck yourself. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything, any light to shed on the topic? You've been actually kind of quiet over there. Are you a little nervous? No, not at all. Okay. I think, uh, I think when I, you know, get super honest, we tend to get a lot of hate mail. <laughs> so I mean you already called me huge on the podcast after about your pregnant wife so I think whatever you say from now on can only be redeeming people have to understand this is a platform built on honesty I and if I cannot share how I'm feeling then what's the fucking point why do I have to sugarcoat it because somebody else's feelings are getting hurt I don't, because sometimes this is the fucking problem with America these days I don't know. I think sometimes you shouldn't say things because people's feelings are getting hurt. Like your wife. Well, then I am not allowed to grow as a person, as an artist, if I cannot be honest. All right. All right. Stop the bullshit. I'm going to be the, what you're thinking. The, the podcaster formerly known as asshole. <laughs> like it just it doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. It's depressing. So I think like many couples, the sex was good. It was awful. It was non-existent. Now it's better again. Oh, honey, it's sex with me. It's never been awful. <laughs> Brief, yes, <laughs> but not awful. It was non-existent for a while. No, I think that, you know, again, I think we ran into that rut, uh, you know, sort of we do life, life gets in the way type thing. I think I have been making a considerable effort, you know, since I called you huge, uh, to tell you how much I love and I appreciate you and not buy so many guns and like take you on vacation and, and things like that. I think you have. Because uh, Megan, as we all know, her love language is words of affirmation. Huge is not an affirmation. <laughs> not an affirmation. So I am <laughs> quite literally doing my best to be a better man. Uh, but I have to say, like being literally flat out rejected for months left some scars. I even, and so again, as you all know, I am an asshole. I offered Megan to take a cast of my penis and turn it into a dildo, which she declined immediately. I think you know what I think the most hurtful part about it was? Mm. Is that you would not talk about it. I, d I had absolutely zero interest in talking about it. Yes. And I kept saying, we can figure this out together. We just need to talk about it. And he was like, nope. Not talking about it. Now, again, Chris is that guy that's going to get on this microphone and tell you about all the girls he plowed in high school. But when it came to intimacy with his wife or lack thereof, mm -hmm. he could not talk about it. And things definitely came to a head after 
you know, the 85th time if you asked if it was because of your size. And I was like, yes, because I was literally taking months to figure out how to break that to you. And again, that may have been part of it. I'm not, I mean, I was nine months pregnant, so I was large. Yeah, no, it, it was, it was a part of it. It was the fact that I was all fucked up in my new role that mm-hmm. I was, you know, not a participating father. I think I had probably had my real estate license for maybe a year or so at that point, maybe not even. Yeah. Uh, and things are certainly nowhere. I mean, they're not even a fraction of where they are now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt like I was, you know, felt like I was not providing or doing what I was supposed to do as a father or a, a male figure, That's if you what will. I was just going to say. So is it a masculinity thing? Like that feeling of inadequacy, does that translate to like not having a sex drive? I think in this particular case, yeah, it definitely did. Yeah. Yeah, without question. And I think that it, you know, manifested itself when you were, you know, asking me instead of me having like a constructive conversation about it or whatever, I would either typical Chris like shut down or, you know, hurl some insults across the room. Absolutely. Which was obviously not healthy. Or productive. Or productive. Yeah. We fixed those problems. We haven't fixed all the problems of the world, but that we worked out. Yeah, we're back to smashing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm no longer huge, if anyone's wondering. No, you're certainly not, darling. (laughs) You are the apple of my eye. Oh my god, it does make me nervous, though, because like uh, someday I'm going to have to get old. Well, you know what? Here's the thing: cockmaster checking in. Women get fat and men get bald. It is what it is. That was another thing you said to me when we first started dating. It was cute. You're like, I plan on growing old with you. I'm going to get fat and bald and fart in my sleep. And Chris like, I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> but I'm going to. Well, I'm just letting you know now. <laughs> I come from a very gassy line of, <laughs> of men. All right. Do you have anything else to say? Um... I think we were super awkward. Fans, were we super awkward? No, I don't think we were awkward. Okay. I don't think we were awkward at all. Uh, a riddle for you, if you will, darling. I'm ready. If I had nuts on a wall, would they be walnuts? Ooh, yes. Okay. Now, if I had nuts on like a, a chest, would they be chestnuts? Okay, yes. Uh, if you had nuts on your chin... Would they be chin nuts? I don't think that's a kind of nuts. Hell no, you'd have a dick in your mouth. <laughs> Say goodnight, darling. Good night. I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. And I apologize for my husband. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.